Welcome to The Skin Reel, your guide to all things skincare, skin health, beauty, and more, curated by dermatologists and true skin experts. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Alice Mina. I'm a double board certified dermatologist and dermatologic surgeon with over a decade of clinical experience. If you're looking for real, practical, unhyped skincare guidance and expertise, or you just think the skin is really cool, then you're in the right spot. I'm so glad you've tuned in to The Skin Reel. Now let's dive in because this is how dermatologists talk skin. Hi everyone, quick disclaimer here before we start. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. If you're looking for help on your skin journey, please check out the American Academy of Dermatology's website, aad.org, where you can search their database for dermatologists near you. It is so important that you have someone in your corner who's well-trained, licensed, and board-certified who can help you make decisions when it comes to your skin health. Okay, got it? Great. Now for the fun stuff. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on this week's episode of The Skin Reel. This week, I am really excited to be discussing a topic that is often misunderstood, and that is the topic of wound care. So how do we actually take care of a wound? And I will be going over some of the common myths that are really, really pervasive in society. And instead, I'm going to be telling you the truths behind them and how you should be taking care of a wound. So first things first, what is a wound? When I talk about wounds, I am talking about any break in what we call the skin barrier. So anything that opens up the skin where the skin edges are no longer together. And this can be something very superficial, like a scratch. And it can be something much deeper from surgery where an actual scalpel is cutting the skin or a traumatic injury to the skin. But when I'm talking about wounds, I'm essentially talking about a break in your skin barrier. Now, why do we even care about taking care of wounds? probably most importantly, is that when we have a wound on our skin, we want it to heal quickly because when we have an open area on our skin, then it is predisposed to debris, bacteria, dirt, and in general, yucky things coming into contact with it, which can harm the wound and potentially cause an infection in the skin or even deeper. The other reason we want to take care of a wound and have it heal quickly is we want to minimize scar formation. And a lot of times people will ask me, well, is this going to leave a scar or what kind of scar will this injury leave me with? And it really depends on how deep the break in the skin. If it's really superficial, then the wound will heal without leaving any trace of a scar. However, if it's deeply penetrating a surgical wound, a traumatic wound that goes deeper into the skin, more layers of the skin are involved, then you will get a scar. And by helping the wound heal nicely, we can minimize that as much as possible. 
Now, sometimes people will think a scar has formed when the skin is a little discolored, and that actually is not a true scar. Typically, that is something we call post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, which is your body showing discoloration from the inflammation that's going on with the wound healing. And the good news with that is that it is not a permanent scar and it will fade. All right, so let's dispel some of the common myths that I see people have about wound care and replace them with some truths instead. These are super, super common and very prevalent wound care myths. So don't feel bad if you've been a believer. Now you know what to do instead. Okay, so myth number one that I hear a lot is that you should let your wound air out and form a scab. This is actually a big, big no-no. You do not want to let your wound dry out, air out, whatever you want to call it. You do not want a scab to form. And in fact, I tell my patients to be vigilant that a scab does not form because if a scab forms, it means most likely you do not have enough ointment covering it. And it's actually going to take a lot longer to heal with a scab. Think of a beautifully manicured yard with beautiful grass. And all of a sudden you've got a big boulder in the middle of the grass. You can think of the scab as that big boulder. It is just going to impede anything from growing underneath it. That beautiful grass is not going to be able to grow underneath that big boulder, just like your wound will not be able to heal under that big, thick scab. The other reason you don't want a scab to form is that when the scab will inevitably fall off, it is going to rip some of that healthy new skin underneath it. And again, you've kind of backtracked. Now you've got more wound healing than you previously had. So ways to prevent a scab from forming is to make sure you are washing it well with, again, warm soap and water, and then putting a thick amount of petrolatum like Vaseline or Aquaphor on the wound and keeping it covered. Common myth number two is that you need an antibacterial ointment on your open wounds or cuts. And for most people, this implies that they need Neosporin on their wounds. Now, there are times as dermatologists where we will prescribe an antibacterial ointment, but this is a cream that has to be prescribed. It's not something you can buy over the counter. And we do not, as dermatologists, recommend neosporin because it contains an ingredient called neomycin, which is a really, really common allergen. It can cause an allergic reaction in the skin, and it can be really painful. It can swell, and it will big time delay healing when it happens. A lot of my patients will tell me, well, I've used Neosporin for years. I've never had any problem. So I don't think it's a big deal to use it. And my response to them is that actually, even if you've used it all your life and never had a problem, you still are at risk of developing this allergic reaction. It doesn't matter how long you've used it, actually. And about 20% of people will go on to develop this allergen. It also does not work as an effective antibacterial agent for the types of infections that are common on our skin, which tends to be with things from Staph aureus. So it's not effective as an antibacterial ointment. 
and it can commonly cause allergic reactions. So your best bet is to not waste your money on it and instead stick to something like Vaseline or petrolatum-based products that do not contain neomycin. Myth number three that I get a lot is that you should clean your wound with hydrogen peroxide. So people love, love, love hydrogen peroxide. And I get it. It bubbles. It looks like it's doing something really important, and it's kind of fun to watch. So a lot of my patients who have these wounds that are slow to heal, I'll find out they've actually been washing it every day with hydrogen peroxide, and that is no doubt slowing down the wound healing rather than helping it like they think. Now, I'm not a total hater of hydrogen peroxide, and it definitely serves a role, but it's not a skin cleanser. So there is no need to use it to clean or wash your wound. Now, I do really like hydrogen peroxide in a few circumstances. That's because it is excellent at removing blood. So if your wound, perhaps you have a traumatic wound or you've got road rash or um, a wound in your scalp with your, your hair has a lot of blood on it, hydrogen peroxide is excellent at removing all that dried blood, that kind of matted down, clotted blood. And it's great for removing blood from clothing along with cold water. So I do like it if the wound is really bloody, there's a lot of scabbing or crusting to initially get that dried blood off. After that, it really is not useful for your day-to-day wound care cleaning. Now, of course, every wound is a little different. It depends if it's a surgical wound, a traumatic wound, and the depth. So you definitely want to consult with your dermatologist or surgeon, particularly if you have a wound from a procedure, because there may be little tweaks or caveats in their wound care plan for you. But these are just some basic tips for common everyday run-of-the-mill wounds and wound care and some of the myths to avoid. Okay, so back to wound care and my wound care tips on how to take care of an injury in your skin. First and foremost, you want to make sure you are not touching your wound with anything dirty. So before you do any sort of wound care or cleaning, you want to use either hand sanitizer or ideally you want to wash your hands thoroughly. If you do not have hand sanitizer and you cannot wash your hands, then using disposable gloves is a great option. But what you don't want to do is take your hands that have been touching your keys, money, cell phone, and then putting those grimy, dirty hands right on your wound. That is a sure fire way to get an infection in your wound. So always, always, always wash your hands or clean your hands before touching your wound. Secondly, you want to wash your wound well with soap and water. That's because the water alone is going to remove a lot of the dead skin cells any dried blood, and normal bacteria that lives on our skin. So the water will help wash that away. And the soap will also clean the area and remove any debris or dirt or bacteria around the wound as well. A lot of times patients are worried that the water will hurt it or that the soap will hurt it. 
And so I just suggest gently cleaning it. You're not trying to scrub or rub. And again, just using your clean fingertips, some soap and some warm water, and then pat the wound dry with a clean towel. Next, you want to apply a thick ointment to the wound to keep it covered. And we want to do this for a couple of reasons. Number one, it provides a moist environment for the skin to heal. The skin is not going to heal if it's dried out and left to air out. The second benefit of using a thick ointment like petrolatum is that it protects the wound from external things and the surrounding environment. So it's going to protect the wound from getting bacteria, dirt, debris into the wound, which again can cause an infection. On top of the ointment, you want to then cover your wound with what we call a nonstick gauze. This is important to distinguish from regular gauze because regular gauze will actually stick to your wound while it's healing. And when you go to remove the gauze, it's going to actually rip off some of the underlying healthy skin that's grown and pull that off. And you're kind of backtracking and starting the wound healing process from the beginning. So do not use regular gauze on your wound. You want to specifically look for something called nonstick gauze. And a way I describe this to my patients is that think of the white shiny part of a Band-Aid. That is nonstick gauze. That will not stick to your wound. So you want to use that. The gauze you don't want to use is that cottony feeling, soft gauze, almost like a thick toilet paper That is going to stick to your wound, and you definitely want to avoid that. After you've covered the wound with the nonstick gauze, you can then secure it with a piece or two of tape or a wrap or whatever will keep that gauze intact and covering the wound. Some people may want to use an adhesive bandage like a Band-Aid, which is fine. You just have to be careful if you have a latex or adhesive allergy that this can actually irritate the surrounding skin. So a lot of times as dermatologists, we just recommend using a gentle tape called paper tape, which won't pull the skin or irritate the skin for most patients. Typically, you are going to do this whole routine every day or at least every time you wash your wound until the skin has healed over. Now, you are going to want to consult with your dermatologist or surgeon if it's a large wound to see how often you should be changing this. And sometimes there are variations to this where we want the wound covered for longer or not washed every day, but rather every few days. You are going to want to talk with your dermatologist specifically about the wound care instructions for your type of wound, but this is just sort of the general gist of taking care of a wound, and you do this every time you shower or clean it at least once a day and rebandage it. And sometimes patients will ask me, well, how do I know when I can stop bandaging it or stop doing this wound care? And I will tell them when you can run your hand over the wound and it is no longer wet or open, then you know the skin has completely covered it and you no longer need to do the wound care. Hopefully you all have learned a few little pearls and tidbits about wound healing, and now you can go tell your friends and family all the truths about wound care and help dispel some of those common, common myths we hear. Thanks so much for joining. I'll talk to you next week. 
Thank you so much for listening to The Skin Reel. I hope it's been informative, educational, and perhaps a little entertaining. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe and share with a friend. Don't want to stop your learning just yet? Head on over to theskinreel.com for show notes, blog posts, and so much more. Until next time, skin friends.